0: yo welcome back to one phone podcast i'm your host jonathan keaton the greatest co-host in the world michael wood couldn't be here today so it's just me you know living life i hope y'all doing good it's thursday means one more day to Friday, two more days until the weekend. We all get to take a rest, kick our feet up, watch some gritty football action in college, and watch some NFL action tonight as the game is going on, and as the more NFL games are coming on Sunday and Monday. So without further ado, let's get right into things. Let's talk about the games last night with uh, the NBA. NBA opened up opening night Lakers, Warriors, Russell Westbrook's coming out party and the Lakers squad getting Rondo back getting Carmelo, getting Dwight Howard back getting a lot of key pieces for that bench Malik Monk, uh, Malik Monk. Excuse me. Uh, Taylor horn. Tucker didn't play. Uh, and a other few didn't play in that game either. My key takeaways from that game is AD and LeBron, they did their thing. AD, AD had 33, 11, and six, I believe. We check just to make sure. AD had 33 and 11. Braun had 34, 11, and five. So they both have great games. But besides that, those that was the only output that the Lakers had scoring wise last, last night. They were the only two players to score ten over 10 points on that Lakers side and if the Lakers want to succeed in the long run LeBron and AD can't be the only two scorers for that offense because it makes the offense one-dimensional and it makes the offense easier to guard and you could say like well it doesn't because it'll open up other shooters but if those other shooters aren't hitting shots and AD and LeBron are the only two scorers on that team that's going to be a problem especially in a Western Conference where every team from top to bottom, everyone can score, and these benches are deep. I'm not saying go out and drop 25 a game. You got to score at least over 10 points, especially Russell Westbrook. I know it's his first game, so he cuts, he gets some slack cutting off of him. But this can't be a reoccurring thing for the Lakers. And on the Warrior side of things, Steph had his eighth career triple triple double, so. Hats off to Steph. Steph played good. I think it was 19, 10, and 11, I believe. He had a great game. And the biggest thing for the Warriors last season and their miraculous way to make it into the play-in tournament and almost beating the Lakers in the playing game is Steph Curry being the only person that's scoring on that team and knowing I was picking up the load. Last night, uh, their bench and their other uh, their other supporting cast, excuse me, picked up the slack for the for the Warriors. You had Bielisa, who came in the offseason. He had 15 points. Andre Iguodala had 12 points. Jordan Poole, I think, had 17 points. Everyone was scoring. I'm pretty sure the only single-digit score was Draymond Green and someone else. So those guys were getting involved, and they were getting involved because the ball movement. They were moving the ball significantly well last night against that Lakers defense that had 30 overall assists in the game, and they were getting to the free-throw line too. And When you're getting to the free-throw line, that's when you know you're winning. And when you're getting to the free-throw line and shooting at an exceptional percentage at 85.3%, that is winning basketball right there with nine steals on top of that. It was a great one for the Warriors. It was a great opening win for the Warriors. And I think they're going to build off of that tonight as they play the Los Angeles Clippers, who is missing Kawhi Leonard right now. Let's move into the next game, the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics. Both teams are looking... Both teams have aspirations of making it far into the playoffs. Knicks made... A couple of key, a couple of moves in the offseason, getting Kemba Walker, getting Evan Fournier in the off season, trying to help Julius Randle, and the the same scenario as Steph Curry in the scoring situation. But it's kind of different in New York because in the playoffs it was Julius Randle isolation game, and that wasn't working out at all, and no one else was able to pick up the pick up where. Julius Randle left off with his load, and that's score of the basketball. RJ Barrett did his thing last night. He had 19 points. Kemba Walker, I think he finished with 10. Kemble looked really good. Evan Fournier looked really good. That defense looked really good. I was watching the highlights from that game, and they were there's a there's possessions where
1: three in a row,
0: they're getting steal fast-break bucket, fast-break bucket, fast-break bucket. It looked really well, and the Celtics were able to keep up with them because of that man, Jalen Brown, having a career night, 46 points, and he is the first Celtics, the first Celtic player to drop that many points on opening night. So that was a great game for him. Jason Tatum played well at 20 points. Key takeaway from that game is the more scores are scoring for the New York Knicks, and they need that because that was their biggest problem in that playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks just last season. And with R.J. Barrett scoring, Obi Topping scoring, Kemba Walker scoring. if When everyone is scoring, that's when your team is better because it makes your team more of a threat. Great win by the Knicks, double OT. I wish I would have saw that game because when I was watching the highlights, it just gave me gave me goosebumps that basketball is back, but it gave me goosebumps on how good the game was. Let's move into some football action. As Deshaun Watson was facing <clears throat> facing controversial, predict, controversial situations earlier in the season, or in the offseason, excuse me, Deshaun Watson finally may get his wish, and that is being out of the Houston Texans uniform, and he might land up in Miami. So what does this mean for Miami? Well, it turns Miami into a playoff contender, but it also turns them to the Tua Takabai Loyal era stop. So do I think they gave up on Tua too fast? Yeah, but do I think they made the right decision? if they do end up with this trade, uh, hats off to Bleacher Report reporting that on Twitter. Yeah, they just have to be careful with a couple things. Deshaun Watson wants Deshaun Watson money. I don't blame him, he's a top five quarterback when he's playing in the league, but he's got to either restructure his contract that he's already on or he's got to be considerate of others on that team if he wants to win. Now, you got to get your bread. I'm not saying take a take a drastic pay cut from your contract. you earn that money. that's all yours you would you deserve that money, but you can't get this huge contract and then let's say they have a lot of cap, which is good, but then that cap hit from that one contract can bring it down to uh it can bring it down a lot, and they might still have room to spend on one or two players. Excuse me, but they still have to get Xavier Howard, one of the best corners in the league, still locked down on the contract. Then they have to there's other things that plays in the part of Deshaun money, Deshaun Watson's money. And Miami's gonna be an attractive place for free agency. The weather is always nice. It's right, it's right on a the beach. There's things, there's fun things to do in Miami. Like who wouldn't want to live in Miami and play football in Miami? So he's gotta he's gotta be careful with that, and they they have to restructure his contract for them to succeed. Now, in the two sense of things, if he does go to the Washington football team, as Bleacher Report reported that as well, because it could it would be a three a three team trade. That means that Taylor Heineke, a guy that I really have open, is going to be battling for the starting spot with Tua. And when Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy, they're all going to be battling for the top spot of who's going to be that quarterback. I think Taylor Heineke, why they're getting in the trade talks is because of that game against Kansas City. I think his performance should have been top performance because on how bad that Kansas City defense is and how vital their miss or not how vital how important their defense is missing those key key players Travis Ward and Chris uh, Chris Jones and I think Frank Clark as well so I think Taylor Heineke I, he didn't have a terrible game he didn't have a He didn't have a great game either. So I think what that performance and the performance last week is where Washington is kind of on their toes a little bit. And on the Texans side of things, they're going to get a lot of draft capital. They might get a couple young players and maybe some veteran players. So the Texans are just in rebuilding mode. And I'm guessing they're going to whoever's going to be the top quarterback in college football is going to go to the Texans next year. I was going to make my Thursday night prediction. And I did earlier, but right now, I said the Broncos are going to win because I think the Broncos are a better team than the Browns are right now. And I think the Browns are missing a lot of players. The Browns are missing a lot of players, excuse me. And I think that's going to hold them back. But right now, the score is 17-7. 17, 17 to 7, and it looks like they they're playing they're playing really good. Case Keenum right now because Case Keenum has had his troubles against the uh, against the Broncos. Case Keenum has one passing touchdown and no interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater has one touchdown, one one interception for 132 yards. So it seems like that's going to be a good game over there. They got some work to do in the fourth quarter, but. I like this. I like this Broncos team with Teddy Bridgewater, and I like how they've been performing in that department. What college football team has the most important game? I think it's going to be Oregon. And the reason I say that is UCLA was ranked earlier in the season and then they dropped a couple games. DTR and that rushing attack is really, really good. That Oregon defense is good too, but I think UCLA. If that rushing attack, obviously, if that rushing attack is not stopped, that's going to be a problem for the game, like for the whole game. But I I don't know, because with Oregon, they have to keep on winning. Because one more loss puts puts them out the conversation of the college football playoffs. Right now, they're just fighting every game and trying to win every game just to even keep their name. Keep, yeah, keep their name inside that conversation. So it's something like you guys got to keep on winning. And if I were if I was looking at the schedule, which I am now, that's the most important game that they have to have. All right. That's the most important game in my eyes this weekend for Oregon. And then the other game, I would say Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, Oklahoma State hasn't really played anyone per se. In my eyes, besides Texas and Iowa State, Iowa State's a slapdown on team. Iowa State's unranked. Their defense is still really good. So Oklahoma State, they got to keep on winning, too, because they're getting closer and closer, closer and closer to that top five, top four position because they're ranked number eighth right now. And if they lose against Iowa State, that can move them back in the rankings. So I say Oklahoma State and Iowa State also is a very important game to watch out for. Can the Braves close it out? Earlier I said the Braves can close it out, and I still think they can. It's the bottom of the six right now. Dodgers are up 6-2. to two. One thing that's going to kill the Braves is pitching in terrible situations, and that's runners on the corners, runners on first and second will one out, bases loaded with two outs. Those types, those types of situations is gonna kill the Braves pitching and anyone that plays the Dodgers because they have so much good they have so many good hitters in those types of situations that it could blow the game out the water with within a snap of a finger. So the Braves, they have to pitch Lights out and they have to get to the Dodgers early. They have to get a lead on the Dodgers early and that they will stay in that lead throughout the whole game right now it's six to two. And I, for- I forgot I said that, but I think the Braves can come back and if they don't come back and win this game, I think the next game, which is on Sunday, I believe they can close out the series and wait on who will win between the Astros and the Red Sox to play in the World Series. Let's do some picks. Let's do some picks. I don't have my my main man, Mr. Wood, here, but let's do some picks. First, Bengals and the Ravens. This is a true test for the Bengals defensively. We get to see, our is Lamar Jackson and his associates going to run all over that Bengals defense, or is that Bengals defense going to hold their head high and stand their ground in hostile territory in Baltimore and shut down that rushing game and shutting down that passing game too. And for the Bengals, this is an advantage for them because the Ravens aren't healthy on defense. I think that Bengals offense is really going to have a good day, And I think that Baltimore offense, that's, that's going to be a question too, if they can get past this Bengals defense because this Bengals defense has been playing Better than in most years, and overall, this Bengals team has been playing better in most years. So I got the Bengals in that one. It's an upset pick. I, I I like Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is a playoff team. Yes, I did. Or yes, I did say that Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, are a playoff team. They look really good, and they're they're sitting, they're sitting high in second place right now. So it, it might come down to them. And the Ravens, at the end of it, at the Browns are still banged up. And this is time for them to gain more ground on the Browns because on how banged up they are right now. Washington football team, Green Bay. Green is playing at Lambeau. Lambeau is notoriously famous during this time. It's cold-weather football packed with a bunch of cheesehead fans. Aaron Rodgers last year, Devontae Adams last year. I don't see the Packers losing this game in the slightest. Washington's defense has not looked like the defense it was last year. I think Aaron Rodgers has career-like numbers in this game. Same with Devontae Adams. I got the Packers in this one. Philadelphia Eagles and the Raiders. I think the Eagles... The Eagles are going to come out swinging at first, trying to spark up their offense by passing the ball and getting into the red zone early and converting in the red zone. Because during that Bucks game, they weren't really, besides like one possession, other than that, they weren't in the red zone that often, and they weren't able to drive down the field. So – I think that's going to be the same, same output in this game. And the Raiders, they're looking for vengeance against what happened to them in the controversial John Gruden situation. Derek Carr is looking to play his best football. Darren Waller hasn't been playing his best football. And I think that's going to change starting this week because his stock is going down for the conversation of him being the top three tight end and he needs to prove that he still is. So I think they're going to have a big game. I got the Raiders in this one. The Colts and the 49ers, Carson Wentz and his boys are coming off a dominant win against the Houston Texans. This 49ers team is all over the place right now. I got the Colts in this one. The Colts are going to keep on winning, and I think they will go on a little win streak a little bit and gain some they'll catch up to Tennessee very soon very soon speaking of Tennessee Tennessee is home again coming off a great win against Buffalo they come in and they have the Chiefs coming into their coming into their stadium Nissan stadium down there in Nashville I got Kansas City in this one despite Kansas City's defense I don't think Patrick Mahomes and his offense will be stopped because Tennessee has the same problem over there with their defense. Their defense is not good. I think their defense is bottom tier in the NFL. And I think this is going to be a high scoring game, but usually in those high scoring affairs, Patrick Mahomes is usually crowned the winner or the chiefs are usually crowned the winner in those situations. I got the chiefs in that one. And if we make more picks, You'll see him on the Instagram page. So yeah, honestly, Steph Curry is on fire right now. Seven for seven, eighteen points. He's coming off uh his triple double performance. He didn't shoot really well that night. So I was expecting him for uh for him to bounce back and have a night like this. He has 20 points now. So thank you for listening to 1497 podcast, you know. It's always fun you know, just babbling on about sports and having you all listening, listening to it. So if you haven't follow us on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter, go. I have a new sports show called The After Party it comes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. or not Eastern time, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central time, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like and comment our videos on YouTube. And as always, trust the process. Mike and I will be back on Monday with another episode. We won't won't go on another hiatus. So, well, y'all be good. Y'all be good. Have a great weekend. I'm out. Peace.